out there, Fox News fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Fox News Podcast. Coming to you live from different spots around the United States. Chris and I are here in California, San Diego specifically. We are joined by our co-hosts in Texas and New York, respectively, Jim and Jason. What's up, guys? How are you doing today? Doing all right, thanks, considering um, a mixed game this morning. Yeah, absolutely mixed, right, Jason? What the freak, man? Taking a point and, and well, not moving on just yet, but I, I will move on after we all digest Yeah, this, this will be a nice little group therapy session for us all here to uh, bust bust down what we all witnessed. Uh, Chris, um, doing okay up there in Del Mar, my man? Yeah, I mean, we saw each other this morning, Matt. It was great to see you again, <laughs> watch the game together. But, uh, yeah, I wish it could have been a better result than what it was. I mean, I think... The, the, the old cliche, a tale of two halves, is more than a great kind of description of what that was today. Yeah, I think the only thing that um, we wrestled with harder than Brentford today were the uh, collars around our players' necks. Um, it seemed to be strangulations all over the field. I saw one time Yuri was almost passed out. Matters almost got choked out by his. So these collars are going to be um, an interesting thing in themselves this year. For certain, but let's dive right into it, guys. We had Brentford the Foxes, the first match of the year at the KP. It was uh, beautiful. It looked beautiful. It sounded good. We had everything from Kasabian returning in the beginning to uh, to uh, Jersey Bud and the whole world smiles with you at kickoff. That was a that was a nice little touch. Um, Unfortunately, after the first half, though, it wasn't so great. But starting off the match, guys, Jason, when you see a lineup that includes Dan and Marty and you see uh, we're going five at the back, I know you had talked previously and you were a little worried about that stance. What were your thoughts going in, dude? Yeah, you know, actually, I liked the lineup, like, from what I saw. Uh, I thought that was pretty much, like, one of the better lineups that we could put out there without Barnes or without being able to play with wingers. I was just a little confused once the game actually started about why Amari was playing on the left side of the back three instead of the right side. So, um, but other than that, like looking at the the eleven that were starting the game, yeah, sure it was a little defensive, but I thought that there was enough quality out there that we should, you know, control the game and, and gotten result, and and they were uh, for a good portion of it. Yeah, for the first time in, uh, in a long time, guys, a very long time, we have somebody else wearing the number one. So, yeah, Danny Ward's name jumps right off the top. We haven't even seen him in preseason yet, Jim. Um, what were your thoughts when you saw that? Because, I, I mean, honestly, nobody knew. He's been one of the – he's been a better kept secret than our away kid um, <laughs> as far as his leg status or knee status, whatever happened during that international match. What, what were your thoughts on Danny today? I thought he, he did well, actually. He, um, he, he came out and commanded – commanded his area when he needed to. I, I don't think he was at fault for any of the goals. Uh, seemed to organize the defense apart from maybe Dan Amati for the first one, but um, we won't talk about that quite yet. Um, distribution was probably on par with Casper from his feet. Uh, it was nice to see him start throwing it and rolling it out a bit more and, and getting a bit quicker with it in the second half, actually. Uh, he was quite slow and, and, and sort of, I'd say, ponderous to start with, but it, he, he got a a palm stinger pretty early and held it, which was nice to see. And I, I felt really comfortable with him. Yeah, he definitely, I, I had no, no qualms about Danny today. He was absolutely fine. We hung him out to dry on both goals. Um, and those would have happened to any keeper, you know, really in the world. Um, 
another name jumps right off is Wesley Fafana is on the sheet, Jason. <laughs> what a what a better way to shut people the hell up about any speculation with little Wes, right? Well, I think it's showing that that we're we're nowhere near any sort of agreement, right? To to usually if a player is uh, if the sale's in imminent, then a player sits. That didn't happen today. So hopefully it's a good sign that he'll be around for a little while longer. Um at least until the end of the window, but um, hopefully it'll be a, a little longer than that. But uh, yeah, that that was nice to see, and and I think we were all uh, wondering if Yuri was going to be in the lineup because um, you know he he was put on that the the second squad. Um, not sure if the, you know if there's any progress there with with any of the you know potential suitors out there, but Yuri, Yuri was out there and he had a fine first half as well too. So. It was nice. I think looking at the team sheet, I was encouraged. You know, I, I thought this was, you know, the formation is a bit defensive, but I thought the the, the lineup and the the personnel were were good and, and and about the best we could we could start with. Yeah, I agree, Chris. Your thoughts on uh, Wes Fafana um, and and the rest of the boys that got their start today? Yeah, I think to Jason and Jim's points, echo them. It was solid. You saw the lineup and you thought it was probably the best 11 he could put out given the situation that we had with Ricardo's injury with bonds going down early this week for a few weeks. So, I mean, the f- we're seeing the team sheet. You, I, you expected a win. If I'm being totally honest, um, we can get into more details. It goes on, but, uh, I, I thought Fafana played pretty well. He did, he did, he was, he didn't light it up like he normally does, but he was solid. And to you guys' point about Danny Ward, it, it was weird at the beginning, not seeing Casper in goal, but, to Echo's Jim's point, he had a very solid performance. I think that moment in the first half where he came out and smothered the opportunity was really big. I think it gave us a lot of it, it, we all had a collective breath moment, and I think he he came through that. And I'm excited to see where he goes for the rest of the season. Definitely inspiring. I mean, the guy can commands the box, and he he just that's something like I we were, I think we're going to be very happy with this year in comparison to what we've seen. He just seems to control, especially on corners and stuff. It it just seems like he's he's in and on the ball uh, much more reliably. His distribution was great today too. He had a couple nice throws, a couple nice kicks. So goalkeeping uh, hopefully will not be the um, detriment uh, that we're de- dealing with the most. Um, couple guys missing from the squad Yannick Vestergaard who's been rumored sold to Fulham Jason we know anything more about that oh I do not actually have any, any updates there I don't I don't know I haven't uh, I've been trying to see if there's there's anything or trying to read up on what's happening there with uh but it did sound like there was progress um happening I think we all thought that you know maybe maybe a sale is going to happen soon so um yeah uh I think <laughs> we're go. all just kind of in the same situation here when it comes to Fofana, Tielemans, Vestergaard, Soyonchu. You know, I think the the one thing that we can all pretty confidently say is that um, it does look like Madison is you know here to here to stay, and and uh, and Newcastle you know put their little you know bid in, tried to you know spin you know play play, play lotto or whatever to try to try to win the matters on, on the cheap and didn't work they went back home you know with the tails between their legs about that one and 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 matters was was there and ready to play and i think we'll see a lot you know we'll we'll see you know hopefully him for a few few more years but that that's about it i, I don't i don't really yeah. know you know i think we're all in the dark here yeah beyond that it's all just a guessing game um 
speaking, let's talk a little bit about the midfield and matters. Uh, KDH, Yuri, and matters. Are they the three of those today, man? What an anchor that ran that midfield. The first half, when those when those three were kicking, we had distribution. We had uh, great runs over the top balls. Um, you know, Yuri, he's taking these long shots. They're getting on target. He hits the post a few times. I mean, best. I mean, is that the best midfield that we have right now as an option, Chris? In your opinion, like with with those three, because they looked. Yeah, stronger. I thought those three in particular had a pretty strong game. Um, I was disappointed in what was behind them and what was in front of them in terms of how they how they Vardy and Ndidi I thought weren't great today. But in terms of those three, yeah, I thought they had all that solid games. I mean, you know what you're going to get from KDH now? It's almost become um, a foundation of the Leicester side is that when he's on, we're on. And I thought in particular, his busyness is one of the things that I love the most about him. He's always around the pitch. He's always willing to get his foot in. He looks calm and composed when he's on the ball. And I think we can talk about it later, but his goal was stunning. Again, it's that composure. It's that confidence to, to beautiful layoff on Vardy, but it's that confidence and composure 25 yards out to have that shot is fantastic. I mean, Tealman's is always going to be Tealman's. He is almost kind of sometimes it looks like he is maybe in the shadows, but consistently when he was on the board he was looking to play forward I thought he had a strong game and yeah I'm I think those three Matt are definitely the linchpin and the the center of what we if we're going to be successful this year those three need to be on it every single game Jim your thoughts on those three what what, what was it in your mind that was making it click so well today um I think I think it, it was some nice interplay they were kind of moving around in within each other actually kind of an interesting formation i think it was like a three one four one one or something with actually a sort of diamond in the middle with Ndidi sitting in front of the back three and then you had sort of yuri and and kdh sort of left and right of the of the points of the diamond and then matters playing just tucked underneath vardy and then you kind of had sort of the wing back sort of pushing up and down as well so maybe maybe it was a five maybe it was a maybe it was a three depending on your outlook on on the day, but um, I thought it was pretty nice. I think, as Chris said, I think Yuri Yuri had a, a, a decent game. I think you know six and a half out of ten for him for a Yuri performance, not maybe a, a standard midfielder. I think you know again we got KDH giving a, a really good performance, and I think there was probably some puzzlement of why he went off. I don't think he looked overly tired. Um, you know he scored a screamer. <laughs> it was a bang, absolute banger that, um, and. Uh, he wouldn't have been the player I would have I would have subbed out um, at the time for a tactical. But I, I think like having Matters kind of coming in and dropping into that little pocket, KDH running beyond him, Yuri kind of getting up there, and um, and then I think as as Chris said, I don't think Wilf had a good game. He, I don't think he's match fit, and he's certainly not match sharp. He was quite ponderous on the ball. He was. He gave it away pretty cheaply a couple of times. And I think he just tried to do a little bit too much, which led actually to more, you know, actually a few more mistakes than than maybe we see. And I didn't think he was quite as as physical and aggressive as he normally is. So, you know, hopefully he'll get back up to speed pretty soon. But first half, I think we we dominated the midfield and up until about 50, 50th minute or so, you know, a couple of little minor scares, Chris said, but you know, and then it and then and then things changed. Yeah, we'll go, before we get right to there, let's talk about the first goal. Um, Timmy Castagne, when you need him. Uh, 
we were, oh, I know, yeah. on a damn corner uh, from a ball whipped in on by Matters. Just a beautiful ball. Uh, if Timmy wouldn't have gotten it, Lil West was just sitting right there, and he would have been on top of it. So, man, we looked dangerous. And uh, that was a beautiful goal. Timmy really uh, kind of putting to bed maybe some worries people had about losing Ricardo, uh, Jason. What you, your thoughts on Timmy today? What a, what a match. Yeah, I think Castagna has got, um, you know, great opportunity in front of him right now to, to really, you know, uh, assert himself in the lineup and to play regularly, uh, which, you know, he's going to get that chance, uh, which is great for him before World Cup. So I think he's really going to take it. Uh, it's one thing that we do is, you know, we score bangers. We score great goals against against Brentford, even if the result doesn't go our way. It's kind of happened the last few. So he's in the, in the goals again. Um, but I did see... Uh, I think one of the positives I take from today is that, that we were much more aggressive on set pieces on both sides of the pitch. And I think it made a difference. I think, you know, you can see there was a, a concerted effort not to let that happen again, uh, not to, you know, to waste those opportunities off corners and, you know, not to give up goals. Um, so we were equally as, as aggressive on the defensive side too. But it's great to see, um, you know, if you're going to play five at the back, you're going to have all these defenders in. You're going to have these bigger guys in there that, you know, get them all up into the box and, and really go after those offensive uh, corners and, and set pieces. And we did a pretty decent job of that. Yeah, it I was, know, it was be... like, sorry, Matt, go I was going to say, it was like deja vu. Like, because they, the goal was uh, part of, was literally how we conceded the majority of our corner goals last season. Yeah. It was static defending from Brentford, playing zone. We were aggressive. Timmy invaded the area, took up the space, and it was a great header. It was part and parcel everything that we we were bemoaning last year that we happened to actually, hey, oh, God, we can actually do that up our end of the pitch and score? That was great. Um, especially, and- especially when you beat the first man, which, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which we did. You know, like that just shows when you put the ball in that danger zone, you know, you can, you can get goals, Let, you know, so... Yeah. Clearly, some practice being going on from Matters. You know, he did revert to type a bit later, but no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna belittle him for that. It, we, we got the goal, we got the goal, and you know, we have all those defenders get it in the mixer, man, and, and see what happens. Oh yeah, definitely. Where, I don't know if he... like a salmon. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if it's if it was quite uh, as nice of a corner routine as uh, the Forest Boys had that they were you running. Mean, um, I think you mean Saturday. the Mighty Ducks with the flying V. Yes, yes, <laughs> flying are they, forest. Are they still running for the next game? Like just running <laughs> down from Newcastle to the city ground, ready for the next corner. Oh man, um, yeah, guys, uh, to 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 see some success because there were plenty of opportunities. I mean, they had corners th- that I know I was just biting my tongue, like uh, just waiting for it to happen. And Danny and the boys, they uh, they controlled it and and made it work. So. I'm very stoked on that part of it. Um, Moving right down the line, we get into the second half there. Um, And yeah, like we said, KDH starts it off with a bang. He hits that. um, That was a left foot, too. That was, I think, one of the most, the neatest things about that. It was just a left foot screamer comes in, hits the post. And what a way to start the second half. And unfortunately, uh, that just seems to be where Brendan just decided to start mixing with, messing with the batter. Um, What? Any any inkling, Chris, in your mind, like what would have caused him to start messing so, with things that were going so well? So after the match, he mentioned that the two substitutions from Brentford changed the way that they were playing in the middle of the park. And he said that to try and compensate that, he wanted to bring, he brought on Docker, obviously. Um, 
when I see that line, when I see that, I remember we were talking about this when we were watching the game together. Our first thought was he was going to bring on Dennis Pratt. We thought it was just basically going to be almost like a, a like for like, okay, KDH has hit his red line for the game or whatever it would be. We're going to bring on another midfielder, try and keep get a fresh legs in there and, and build. And when Docker came on, it was interesting. But looking back now, that seemed to me that Brendan at that point was almost going to say, okay, we're just going to absorb their pressure and then try and hit them on the break a little bit more with maybe two up top now and more pace. And if there's one thing that's Leicester side isn't under Brendan Rodgers at times, it's the team that can absorb all of that pressure and hit him on the counter. This isn't the 2015 Leicester. So I'm, yeah, it, it was a really confusing substitution. And I mean, it, we often say that the games are lost on those little changes, but this one, it was obvious. The substitution had such an uh, impact on the game and it feels like we completely shot ourselves in the foot. Uh, Tony yeah. scores on a goal that's just weird, right? Like the ball is like bouncing around and it's just one of those things where everyone looked lost. Um, nothing Danny could have done about it, but just like everything just seemed to just get effed up right away. Um, the the lines that were there, the lanes that were passing lanes that were there all sort of disappeared. Everything started getting mucked up and fatigue literally starts setting in, which I guess my next question goes to you, Jim. Like, we, how do you see... And then after the match, claim, you know, that fatigue is what caused our breakdown. But you use one of five subs when compared to the manager next to you has used all five subs. Like, help me can, help me make this make sense, dude. I can't. <laughs> I, I, I can't. Look, we've got, you got five subs. We've got a packed schedule until the World Cup playing more games than we normally would before the break. We know that like we've got, you know, the player who's got the, the third lung and has got the most stamina and is going up and down that pitch and didn't look tired is the one that he took off. Um, to not even kind of talk about, you know, why he was doing it tactically. What, what was he trying to do? Was he trying to split their defense? It, I get he was trying to maybe hit them on the counter attack or something as they pushed up or, you know, and stretch the play, but we just lost a huge piece of our midfield and all of a sudden we just went from sort of bossing it and and playing some nice intricate football to you know they could just run through us and it was kind of actually a pretty lightweight midfield all of a sudden and to not make any more changes to not react to the fact that the first goal yeah you know keystone cop defending it was you know from a from our own throw in uh, and then sort of losing it and then letting them get through and then not not make any further changes from then is that that to me is mind blowing. It was just like yes. so weird because obviously you see KDH start coming off. And so I turned to Chris and I was like, you know, Pratt. I think I said Pratt. I'm like, like, what's who's coming on here? And then we see Daka. And I mean, he looks great. Like the, the, the man looks good. I'm so stoked for what he's going to do this year. But man, that was a weird substitution, Jason. Any. Any thoughts? Dude? I think I have too many thoughts uh, about this. Uh, yeah, we were controlling the midfield and then uh, kind of tried to soak in the pressure, but with one last man back there to do that. And you could see it really opened up gaps in the middle of the park that Brentford were able to exploit. And we were just kind of just had everyone across the, the 18 for, for good chunks of that game without you know anyone stepping up 
and taking the initiative or engaging with with the uh, with the ball carrier, like we saw in the second goal, where I think everyone knew that you know he was going to take it in on his left foot and curl it outside, and that's exactly what he did because he had the time because everybody was kind of pinned back. Uh, I can see how getting another forward out there, especially one someone with you know uh, Daka's pace, could help us kind of press and press out wide so that the midfielders don't have to kind of run as much. But the midfielders now have to cover a lot more ground because there's one fewer. And, um, you know, these goals and these kind of mistakes and miscues, uh, I think it's a combination of, of things. One's tiredness. I mean, Rogers even said that the players were fatigued. I think we could see that the uh, Brentford subs were fresher. It was a hot day. I think we were the only side in the country that probably you know that only made one sub pretty sure every other team made at least two um so you have a tire team and now you have um you're playing this kind of new weird formation too that you're not really haven't really played before and then you're kind of changing the formation again and it's difficult to do when you're already tired you want to kind of go back to your bread and butter and you want your players to kind of to have this muscle memory, right? So you always, everyone knows their job and can do it, you know, in their sleep or, you know, when they're, you know, have nothing left in the tank. But now these players are kind of having to overthink their positions. They're not sure where to be. They don't know what to do with the ball, at least the indecisiveness. And tired minds and tired legs are a bad combination. And I think we that's what we saw in the second half. Um, and it just I it kind of kind of felt like it was it was given away and um, you know, Rogers himself said that he saw that the players were tired. And I'm not saying I know more than the manager. I'm not trying to, but I think from all of us watching this, we could see that that's, it wasn't working, that the sub wasn't working. I don't think Daka touched the ball for the first like 10 minutes he was on. So something needed to change, uh, but nothing, nothing changed. And um, yeah, you just saw the confusion just all up and down the pitch uh, along with tired legs and wide open space for, for Brentford. Yeah, Brentford's a team too, man. When they smelled blood, they turned it on. And I think they knew that we were tired. I think that they used the fact that we weren't bringing on fresh legs. And I think they literally just pinned their ears back and went at us. Um, yeah. Chris, go go ahead, Jason. Sorry. I was going to say, and they also noticed something else. Something that I mentioned earlier, which, you know, I've got to love Big Dan. Uh, I, I think he's, you know, a great soldier for the club. I, I just, you know, seems like a really good guy too. But I, I thought it was odd also that he was playing on the left side of a back three with a left back who's a naturally right-footed player. So you have two right-footed players there where Fafana is the younger, uh, more athletic player who is a lot more comfortable on the ball. So you would think that maybe he would be on the left side there because we were in situations, especially Brentford noticed this and, and was just kept pressing, especially um, on our, our, our back left side there. And, kept forcing Amarty and, and, and Justin to kind of take the ball into cul-de-sacs uh, throughout the second half. And we just had so much trouble there. And, and, and that to me, just like, I just didn't understand why Amarty would have been on the left side instead of the right side of that, of that back three, uh, where he's a lot more comfortable. Yeah. And, and to your point, Jason, the, the, the second goal in particular, again, is a combination of that. It could, I think Amarty playing on that left-hand side He's naturally showing in the right winger into the center with the into the 18-yard box. And by doing that, obviously you've got a right-sided player who's predominantly left-footed. 
it's naturally opening it up for him to stick it in the corner like he did for that second goal. Because Amati wants to show him inside because he wants to get his dominant foot in there to make the tackle. And and maybe that is a tired mind thing like you guys have talked about. It's just like at those situations, you just revert back to kind of your natural instinct in those situations. But I think for that second goal in particular, we could have done a better job give, showing the guy to the outside and stopping him cutting inside like that because the finish was great. No, me, the finish was fantastic. But I think up to that point, there were there were times when we could have done something different that would have stopped that goal from going in. Yeah, it's just it's, it's fucking frustrating because it's a De Silva guy, right? Like, who who are and we gave him seven miles to work with. That's what's like any, anybody could have done. Uh, you give him that much space and that much time. Any Premier League footballer is going to be able to make that. That's what's so frustrating to me. A little bit more pressure. But at that point, everybody's legs were dead. So. Hmm. It just uh, issues compounding on issues and Brentford's a team last year gave us hell twice. And, you know, this fair play to them. They took took advantage of some stupid decisions uh, in our, in my opinion, by our manager and and went for it. Um, Jim, I anything else that jumped out to you right off the top about, you know, the guys there towards the second half? Um, I, I think, you know, just to echo thoughts and. It was hot, as 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 uh, the Tacoma Fox has said in the in the chat, and as 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 you know, as Jason said, they did look tired, and you could just see them dropping deeper and deeper. And like I think after the first goal went in, it kind of felt like there might be a second because we were just sort of on the edge of our eighteen yard box. We were just sort of backing away, backing away for the second goal, for the Silver's goal. We just, as you said, Matt, backed up, backed up, backed up. Didn't really go to pressure him and let him have, have the shot. And, you know, Danny Ward was unsighted and, and, you know, he had no chance with that. No chance. You kind of work. It, it was a bit like, it was a bit reminiscent of last season with just trying to get, there was that point where we couldn't get the ball away and we just kind of like, hey, let's just get rid of it. And we don't care if it just goes 30 yards away. And then we just thought, okay, let's reset again. And, we never really, I don't think, looked that convincing after the, you know, but it was, I think that's what, you know, what being a Leicester fan is, right? But, you know, we were, I think they start, we saw what happened. I was thinking to myself, why don't we play teams in preseason that press? You know, why aren't we picking, you know, we knew we were playing Brentford for how long? I don't know how long in advance, you know, the preseason matches are there, but Brentford, that's how they get you. They, they're they organized, they work hard, they press, and he just basically ran his player to the ground and then swapped them all out and said, run at them, run at them, run at them again. And we couldn't cope and we were, we were knackered. And I think that's the, you know, it's, it's a point, 39 points to go to the target. Right. And um, we move on. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we have a, a, a typical Leicester game where we, or a season where we, you know, we should have won against Brentford and we didn't. And we, we go against Arsenal and, you know, who looked pretty, actually pretty good on Friday. Um, and it's a tough start. And, you know, you've got to get, you know, out of the, the first four games, you'd really hope we get six points out of that from, you know, the games that we have, you know, because but we'll probably get them against Arsenal and Chelsea rather than Southampton and Brentford at this point. That's how we do it. Uh, <laughs> I'll take that you know, trade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all day, all day. Um, yeah, I think you make a great point there, dude. Uh, 
Tacoma Fox in the, in our comment section, he also, you know, points out the adrenaline from the first match excitement will drain the players quicker. So yeah, definitely probably some of that going in there. Um, you know, I think though, if we are, if we can loop back around here to look at a few positives, obviously we're, we're disappointed, um, but it is a point um, better than a loss. Uh, you know, just ask Villa where they're, where they're sitting right now as force where they're sitting. Um, so, so we'll take that point. Uh, and move on. I do think that we did hit the post twice and uh, their keeper was forced into some really good saves. So outside of, uh, you know, a couple inches, we're looking at a four, four goal game for us. And we're all just top of the world right now. I know that's <laughs> glass. I, love it, no, I completely agree. Completely. Uh, considering where we were, if you, if you were just to read the media going into this season and every pundit talking about this game, it would have, Brentford were shooing to win this 4-0. And so I think it's done as a... I think it's, like you said, I think it's one of those results we'll look back on this year. Disappointing, but at the same time, like you pointed out, we had plenty of opportunities to win that game. And so I'm not overly concerned. I just think it chalk it down to, as you guys have pointed out, one of those Leicester performances that we do. And um, yeah, we got a point and we'll just move on to Arsenal. And I, I think, like, you know, a lot of credit to Brentford. They didn't give up when they were 2-0 down. And they showed so much fight. They they showed so much organization. And they worked themselves back into that game. And, well, they had that goal chalked off. It was, you know, it was offside. But, you know, for a millisecond, I was like, oh, here we go. Um, but I want to, you know, I want to be positive. We, we, we've tried to be positive preseason. So I'm going to try and stay in that vein for, you know, I can't, I can't break that trend in game one. So, <laughs> yeah. yes, we... We should have won. We made some chances, you know, and we moved the ball quicker than last season. We we had some, you know, we had some weird subs or no subs, and move on. And I think Danny Ward looks good. Wes, Wes little Wes is still with us. Uh, Johnny Evans didn't get injured, and he played pretty well. Um, Matters looked good. Tielemans looked like he was interested. You know, Timmy C was good. I think James Justin's a way better left back than he is wing back. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, we, we had a good, we had a good go at it. So I'm going to try and be positive. Yeah. I mean, we were, the, the, it, was a, it was pretty clear, like that, you know, we were the better side for, for most of that game. Right. So there's a lot, there are a lot of positives there. It just, it just could have been managed a, a bit better and, and handled a bit better. And I think, it, look, it is, again, it's the first game of, of, of the new season. I think the reason why maybe the reactions are a little more extreme so early is because lar it's largely the same team, and we had such a short preseason that it kind of felt feels like last season just never ended, and it's really just like a continuation of last season. We saw some of the same, same things that we saw last year, but Jim, I, I, the positives that you pointed out, I think, are, are very positive. And I'll add uh, onto that list the um, way we handled set pieces. So hopefully we build on that a little bit more, keep fresher legs on the pitch, especially early in the season when it's hot and, you know, players aren't used to playing 90 minutes in, in, week in and week out. That, you know, the results will, will start to come our way and we'll, and, and we'll close out the games that we couldn't close out last year. Yeah, definitely. And this was, if we're being quite honest, guys, first game of the year, drawing Brentford, that's not great. And then you throw in the the media, ever, the media being in everybody's head and who's in, who's out. Every, no one knows who the hell's going to be on the team. 
And then you top that off with it was 100 plus degrees. I don't know how hot it was out there, but it was damn hot. So this very easily could have been uh, a very shitty, sad pod. So I guess uh, the fact that we're running on neutral right now and we and we pull a point out, we we can be happy about that. Um, let me ask you guys this. Obviously, none of us were there, uh, but your thoughts on the atmosphere. There were a few changes uh, there was the singing section that was kind of controversially put in there that raised some um, some uproar, depending on which side of it that you fell on. So your guys' thoughts on the overall um, atmosphere at the KP. We'll start with you, Chris. Well, we could hear them on the TV, which was positive. And I don't know whether that's because NBC have figured out how to mix the sound with the game this year, which was quite nice. Normally, some of these games that we watch over here, the commentary and the TV can be off at sometimes, but... Um, I thought, I think it's a good idea. I think anything we can do to get that atmosphere back to where it was, because it's obvious that our players thrive when the, the fans are behind them, when there's noise at the KP. So all in all, it's going to just be like the team. It's going to be something that is going to be slow burning at the beginning, but hopefully come Christmas next year, it will be, we'll be well into the kind of full throttle, shall we say, in terms of the, the singing. Well, you mentioned NBC, and I don't know if you know this, but as NBC has told us, there's only one team in the world that sing, and that's Liverpool, and they're the only supporters that sing, and they're the most impressive supporters in the world. So they put 59 mics uh, right at the cop end so that we can all hear their stupid song. But, yeah, I think that that, that could be – you could be on to something there. We also uh, – the clappers are gone now, <laughs> Jason. What – Somebody, I don't know. The clappers were what they were. You either loved them or you hated them. What any? Did you miss them? Did you miss them on the broadcast? I, I didn't. I didn't miss them, but I did read some, you know, kind of funny stories um, that some folks had posted after the game. Just seeing some fans out there who were like instinctively trying to clap with the flags. <laughs> with the flags, just it's become you know kind of muscle memory or just an instinct at this point. Uh, they did look pretty cool. Uh, so it, that was nice to see, um, with, along with the free beers for, for everyone. So I think the, the, the free beer, just that extra little shot of, uh, that helps, helps the atmosphere a little bit too. Um, it did sound livelier, uh, folks that I spoke to were at the game also, uh, echoed that and said that, you know, it started, it did sound a little bit better. Um, now I think the whole stadium should be a singing section, but that's, you know, uh, maybe another conversation. But it was good. Um, did um, feedback that I'm getting from some folks there was, you know, the Brentford uh, end was pretty quiet, and really um, you could hear just folks usually on one of on the ground, or if you're at L1, you may not be able to hear the SK sections, or uh, but everyone seemed to be able to hear each other, and um, it did it did come across a bit more uh, on the on the television broadcast, which was which is nice. It kind of felt like a regular. Saturday, 3 p.m. UK, you know, 10, 10 a.m. Um, New York time, just like a regular. It didn't feel like a Saturday, a Sunday early kickoff. It felt like a, like a normal time and, uh, and, a, and a good atmosphere. Yeah, good day in the East Midlands overall. Would have liked the points. But onward we will move, gentlemen. Um, any last uh, points before we look ahead to next week's epic Saturday matchup? Uh, I, I thought the singing section was good. I could hear it really well, as the guy said. Yeah. To the point, um, people listening in the UK, maybe who were singing, they had to turn you down a couple of times or mute it um, with some adult language that's maybe not suitable at um, 10 a.m. 
or 8 a.m. <laughs> 6 a.m. depending on where you are. Um, but so well done, everybody. Uh, I obviously the Brentford fans made some noise, you know, at a certain point, and they sang a song that I'm not going to repeat. So, um, but yeah, it was a. I think overall, if we'd have if we'd have come back from two 0 down and got the point opening day with all the things that could have happened with some upsets. You know, we saw Man United lose today. We saw um, Liverpool draw yesterday. So that we got through it. Brentford are no mugs. They had a really strong finish to last season. Um, they they did their money ball to buy some new players uh, to, to slot in. Um, and let's keep going. Yeah, let's keep going. Um, all right, next week, guys, Saturday. We've uh, got Arsenal. It's right off the bat going to be one that's uh, a big match for us straight off and a good test. Um, look at that professional <laughs> transition at the bottom of the screen, Chris. Wow. <laughs> Next level. Um, Arsenal played Palace on Friday. And uh, depending on, I only saw uh, bits and pieces of the match. I was at work, so I had to like jump around. But at times they look good. At times they look bad. But they did get 2 nothing win versus Palace. Did uh, anybody get to watch that? Yeah, I, I, I watched it. it. I watched the game. Yeah, do you want to go? Go, go ahead, Jason. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I thought you know Arsenal were the better team and kind of in control of that game, but um, and and started you know the the game was play, this started off at a really good pace, but I mean Palace had some chances, man, uh, that they really should have put away, and so you know I wouldn't get too high on on Arsenal just yet. But they do have a pretty impressive, you know, squad. And um, once they start to gel a little bit, you know, it's it, they're only going to get better. It's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one. But Palace had the chances, so if we can, you know, get some of those types of looks at goal. Hopefully, with Vardy, possibly Daco or Madison, you know, up front, that um, some of ours will, will actually go in the net. Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, to one hundred percent agree. I. Um... I thought that Arsenal, it was kind of a tailor two halves on the back line. I thought down the right-hand side, um, they struggled. I think uh, Ben White, I think he, he, he wasn't great. Um, and I thought Zaha, if he'd played a little bit better, could have had more in that area. Yeah. But Arsenal are going to be... Arsenal won those sides. I think they've cemented themselves as a top six side this year, simply just because of the money they've spent. And I don't think they've necessarily got better but to echo what jason says i think their squad has got better so they're able to rotate more and probably make those five subs and, and have a game changer come on so it is going to be tough but i definitely think we'll get chances and it's up to and, us if we get those chances to finish and i i definitely see a score in there it's just whether or not we will be able to kind of keep it tight at the back i'm, I'm hoping also in the kind of the week the build up you know to that game that some kind of viral moment comes out of their Arsenal's all or nothing uh, series that, that just came out that kind of can be a distraction for them. Maybe I did watch the first episode. Um, it was, it was all right. I just, I just, I have been having trouble sleeping at night though, since I'm just trying to figure out why Aaron Ramsdale's dad was dressed like a member of public enemy. I just could not understand <laughs> that that whole look and and it's really i don't know it, it's really sticking in my head um so hopefully there are some moments that come out of that or maybe it, some of the listeners can kind of explain uh what that whole look was but um you know 
there's always going to be some sort of distraction around Arsenal, right? There's always something happens. So this this could be the week. That's what I was going to say. Is I feel like this is a team that we have some of the most unique history with, whether it's them celebrating, you know, the year that we won the league after they beat us on that uh, Welbeck free kick. Like, it's just you go down the line and the amount of shit that we've had to deal with with this squad always makes this one a little bit more entertaining. Um, and then, yeah, what's up, Jason? Yeah, it's always... Singing the Vardy song too is extra special against uh, against Arsenal. Definitely, they um, I we share a bar with the Arsenal supporter group, so in San Diego at least it will be uh, to say the least, an interesting one. We had um, we had about eight, uh, we had eight got eight of us there today, and we were missing some of our regulars, so our numbers are slowly growing in San Diego. What uh, what kind of turnout did you guys have in New York today? I think we had about a dozen um, together, so. It's tough, you know, early in the season, especially earlier on a Sunday, subways can be a little messed up now post-COVID. But it was a good good turnout. We had a pretty good crew. We had, you know, some of the locals, some some New Yorkers that hadn't been out yet to uh to meet up with us, made their made their debuts. And awesome. You know, we had uh Alistair in from from the UK too. He was a great guy. It was good cool to to watch the game with. And uh yeah, it was a it was a good time out in New York. And hopefully we'll just keep building on that, get more more people each week. And we usually do. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I know. Um, looking ahead, it it's a it's an hour earlier, so it's seven o'clock. That's six a.m. Or this was a was a start. I had to start the day with some Bailey's. I think I'll do the same next week. But I think if we uh, can can bury some of these chances, I mean, like I, I think we can be competitive with Arsenal, um, Chris. Like it's early in this season, and Brennan's going to have to watch some film this week and and realize he's going to get raked over the coals all week about his substitutions. So let's see what happens, Chris. Yeah, and I mean, it's Arsenal's first home game. So as such, there's going to be a lot of pressure from their fan base for them. There's there's almost an expectation amongst Arsenal fans this year that like it seems like it's top three competing for the top two. So hopefully we can take advantage of that as well. And to echo your point, Jason, we're starting to get to that time of year where the people of Leicester are planning their fall and winter shopping trips to New York to get all those Christmas presents. So I'm hoping that you'll get a lot more folks from Leicester coming over the next few months to enjoy the games I, with you guys on the East Coast. I think we will. My office is near Times Square, and I can tell you Times Square is filling up. It is back to back to its uh, tourist-filled, but also slightly seedy kind of, you know, just, uh, I don't know, glory. And uh, so as Times Square fills up, we know that more and more folks are, are, are coming in from all over the world. So um, hopefully folks are going to make their way down to the Empire State Building uh, to watch with us. Yeah, we're dealing with uh, the same influx right now. Of uh, But whereas you're dealing with people from all over the world in San Diego, it's purely people from Arizona. Every parking spot is an Arizona license plate and they won't they'll be here till Labor Day. So we're waiting for them to go as well. Jimmy, any last thoughts on uh, on Arsenal before we call this one um, this mm, week? Always a always a tough team to play playing against. Gabriel Jesus, who seems to like a goal against us as well. So hoping that stops with his new club. And um, I'm, as I said earlier, I think, you know, going to be optimistic and we're going to go down there and get three points and ruin NBC's coverage and they'll have to talk about us. Oh, my God. The worst thing. Is Love that you, really. Robbie Musto and Tim Howard. <laughs> and of course, Rebecca. 
Yeah, you're, we can see the frame picture of you and her behind you there. We all know about your Rebecca love. Um, yeah, guys, I, I'm excited. Our friend Lawrence is there. No, not quite. Uh, I'm uh, I'm excited for it. I think we can get something done. I think Arteta is going to be under so much pressure. He doesn't help himself with those damn, you know, black turtlenecks that he puts on as far as like clinching himself up more. So we'll see. I'm sure he'll feature one of those next week. And who knows? I mean, we're, we're in that time of year where it's pointless trying to predict anything, but it'd be sure nice to go and uh, upset their first uh, home match of the year and just send Arsenal fan TV and a meltdown on weeks two. Uh, any final thoughts, Chris? Can't wait. No, just bring it on. Looking forward to next Saturday. It, it It's great to get that buzz back. There's, I remember we were watching a game and I was just that nervous twitch where my feet just can't stop moving comes back and it, I didn't even think about it. But it's just once you've got it, it's just great to have it back. So I'm so excited for the Premier League to return. I'm going to watch every game for the next nine months with the World Cup as well. It's going to, like you said, it's going to be impossible to predict what's going to happen. But yeah, it's nice that Leicester City football is finally back. For sure. Jason, anything, any final words, my friend? Yeah, I could say, even though today didn't work out the way, you know, I think any of us wanted, uh, damn, it was just so much nicer to watch the football again and to stop reading Twitter and kind of, you know, uh, all the transfer windows and all the journalists trying to sell every single one of our players. It was just good to have the football back. It was good to get together with people again. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but um, I woke up well before my alarm uh, this morning. I was just ready, ready to go. And uh, yeah, so just looking forward to to more and more weekends uh, with everyone watching the games. Makes the week work week go quicker too. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that this week we're not going to have any of these damn Thursdays or Tuesdays, it's just it's going to be a little bit easier to plan out your life. And guys, another thing that didn't happen today, nobody got injured. So we, we got to say that's a positive as well. Let's keep that trend going and let's stay healthy. Um, but guys, with that, I think uh, we've taken up enough of everyone's Sunday uh, talking about the match. Go ahead and shoot your comments uh, on Twitter. We'll respond to you guys this week. Um, like we said, uh, wherever you are on Saturday, we've got a 7 a.m. kickoff against Arsenal. So that's uh, that's going to be 10 o'clock for you boys in New York. Jason, your normal place, right, at Legends? That's right. We'll be down at the football factory downstairs at, at Legends on 33rd Street. Just look for the Empire State Building and you'll, you'll be right there. Is there an Arsenal contingent there? Or do they got another bar? Uh, Arsenal, they have a few bars, but there, there were always um, a decent number of, of Arsenal fans. And one of our good friends, uh, Bobby A, uh, Robbie Avery, Bobby Florals, whatever you want, Bobby Double A, He's uh he's an Arsenal fan, but he's you know he's got a soft spot for Leicester. He's he's always there watching the games with us. He was there again today, giving us a little love. So um, this one against Arsenal kind of means a little bit more. We have some good friends that are uh, that are Arsenal fans that watch down there. Placide, they're gonna give you a shout out too. Uh, but we're coming for you. We want all three points. Let's go. All right, guys. With that note, for uh, Jim, for Chris, for Jason. For myself, thank you so much for joining us this week on the U.S. Foxes podcast. Once again, be a friend, tell a friend, grab a friend, bring them to the bar, buy their beers, explain the game to them. Let's grow the fan base here in the States and get more Foxes out there. Guys, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we will see you next week on the U.S. Foxes podcast.